There is a teaching called, not sure the source of it, called the two veils, just a way of talking about things to help people. And the two veils, the first one is conflicting emotions. We're not saying ruling out emotions, but conflicting emotions, having emotions that are kind of arguing with each other. We have a feeling about this, but then that's contradicted by this feeling. And so this is, uh, the two veils are what prevent us from seeing what is already the case, that you're already liberated, that you're not separate from the Tathagata or the Buddha, that it's already the case. And the other one is primitive, primitive beliefs about the nature of reality, thinking there is a self, thinking that there is an other, thinking that there is something to win, something to lose, we have something to gain, and thinking that some, some things are real and some things are not real. <clears throat> so the conflicting emotions part is difficult because it's conflicting, because we have feelings about this, feelings about that, and they seem to uh, give us Emotion is a difficult situation because it arises and it's, we have some story to it, but we begin to see that that's not really so true, but it, we're having this feeling anyway, like we talked about earlier. And well, what do we do about that? Uh, the conventional thing is to try to suppress it, push it down, uh, disregard it, find some way to distract ourselves out, and there are all kinds of things available to do that if you decide to take that uh, direction. Then you won't. Someone who's in here is probably not doing so much of that, maybe a little bit, but basically you're inspired to find out what this is. What is what is actually true? And so I highly recommend that everyone find out for yourself what this is. Use the teachings of the Buddha, use the teachings of the lineage holders, to the, the teachers down through the centuries. If my teachings help, use my teachings. All I'm doing is just some elaboration on what I was taught and it looks like seems to be the case. It's not all that fancy, and yet it's astonishing. So conflicting emotions of feelings come up, and instead of just there, you're just there. It's like wind blowing. It's like leaves falling. It's like any kind of feeling. It's like indigestion. I'm not saying there isn't aren't relative causes for any of these things, but if you jump on that train, that train will take you in circles, albeit quite wide circles, maybe. Seeing that you're going in circles is part of the the awareness, the awareness practice to be able to see, to see what what is it that's coming and what is it that's going, and see that it that if you jump on, if you grasp, if you reject, if you shut down the three poisons, passion, aggression, and ignorance, that you create more disturbance, more emotions, more hope and fear, and then the the other veil that is preventing us from seeing this astonishing understanding that is reality, not true, not false, not here, not there, not existent, not non-existent. The Buddha's awakening was he saw delusion. He saw impermanence. He saw no self and he saw intense suffering. These are the three marks of existence. If you go to the fourth mark of existence, which is uh, peace, represented by uh, sannyasin or someone who is a home leaver, a monk in ancient times. So two 
fails to cover-ups. And of course, we could go lots of different directions, maybe look at it different ways. But since we're looking at it this way, look at the, the conflicting emotions. Do nothing with them. If you do even the slightest little discursive blip, uh, the slightest little, just a little dot of paint on it to change it into something else, it will hang around and haunt you and, uh, and amplify. It's like a little amplifier we put on, a little something to increase the feeling of that. And something about that situation is about making me feel real, the me feeling feel like somebody, I am somebody who needs to be protected, who needs to not feel that way, or needs to find out why am I feeling that way? With the kind of the idea that if you knew why you were feeling that way, you could probably change it or stop it or interfere with it or slow it down or turn the volume down, maybe. The downside of that is it can be painful. Conflicting emotions can be extremely depressing, disturbing, and it's especially hard when you're having really intense feelings and you're and you, even though you know, you know that's not, not their fault. You can't help but have this kind of finger go out, like, <laughs> well, if it weren't for you, you might even say to yourself, "Of course, it's my feeling, but you triggered it. You, you're, I'm feeling it. Of course, I acknowledge that I'm feeling, but if it weren't for you, if it weren't for you, no, that's 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 the person who may, uh, is your unacknowledged teacher, the person who." They don't know they're teaching you, but that's the person who's, because of your interaction with them, you see that you have conflicting emotions about things, even though you might have been able to hide out for a while uh, when everything is going fine. And that very person might be a person that you did fine with. And then, and then uh, you find that even though they're not, they're not really doing anything wrong, they seem to trigger it. So they give you this, mm -hmm. How do you shift from a... Uh... A relationship of blame to a relationship of teaching? I think you just see that it's blaming. Because if you do anything else, you're starting to graduate from the school of knowing what blaming is. We went so much to graduate. So humility is going to start flat on your ass, flat on your back, completely helpless. Completely hopeless. Hope and fear are just... We hear all over the place, well, what gives you hope? or What, what can we hope? It's just a, it's such a... It's a commentary on the nature of the mind that is grasping and rejecting is at war. It's a very subtle form of war, but it's war. It's fighting, it's objecting to reality on some, in some way. So this is why this practice, sit down, watch what's happening. Standing up, watch what's happening. Walking, watch what's happening. Laying down, watch what's happening. What is the fear when we have a thought that we know isn't real, but there's still fear around it? It's frightening to think that I have those thoughts. It's the I that's having the thoughts. There's still some kind of a little identity particle that's stuck to that thing instead of it's just, just thought. It's just negativity or it's just positivity or it's just, it's not even that. It's just the raw quality of experience. You're, you're a living being. You have nerve endings. They're going to be abraded. Are those thoughts personal? No, nothing is personal. Of course, by saying that, when everything comes back, when you go into this, when you see, when you have a direct perception of emptiness, there's no fanfare, there's no credential, there's no, nothing happens. And it's kind of like 
okay. Or maybe not even okay. It's just that. And then, then this is an important part, then uh, whatever comes and goes, it has no, has no, um, <laughs> I shouldn't be telling you these secrets. <laughs> then whatever comes and goes has no ownership. It has no, no territory. You could as easily be working with someone else's raw, rugged, uh, antagonistic warfare emotions of hope and fear and hope and fear. You could work with theirs. You could work with your own. Uh, you, at some point, you don't know whether you're having your own thoughts or someone else's thoughts. Ego does not, excuse me, ego does not like that. Ego wants to know, who, well, who, well, who's, well, who is this? Well, who's doing this? I need to get my shit together. I did a quick tally of all the ages in the room before I said that word. Sent you. In a conventional situation where you're interacting with another person, um, because I'm thinking of my job, does it matter if you don't know whose is what and where things are coming from? No, it's better if you don't know. I mean, it's not as a credential, like, yay, <laughs> I don't know anything anymore. I think I'm getting it. No, of course, you're sitting, you're a counselor, just so people that are that aren't in the room that are uh, possibly someone's out there watching. Um, you're a counselor, so you're working with people with their negativity, their difficulty, they come and see you. And the very best thing you can do for anyone is just be present, just show up, stand, look, sit, listen, and listen to their words, listen to what they're saying. Don't accept it, don't reject it, don't look away. Do nothing with it. People just want company. People uh, intuitively know they have to do this, do this themselves. As soon as you know, any, any promises are made, uh, we, we might like the promise and we might say, well, maybe they can help me. Or, uh, but we really, in the, in the back of our, way back there, uh, behind the clouds uh, in the deep blue sky of our wisdom mind, we know that's not true. We, we really know we need to do this ourselves. That's why you're here. That's why you signed up for this. Or... So just be there, just show up. Just And you may find that there, you might find yourself just saying something that, well, perhaps you could do to someone who's, perhaps you could do that. You might find yourself saying nothing. You'll find that if you don't do much, if you're just there, if you're present, the person, whoever's there will be grateful to you because they're so used to getting advice from everybody on everything. So it's good to be with someone. And if they ask you, well, what should I do? You say, well, I'm not sure. What you should do. It sounds like a difficult situation. And if you can, of course, it has to be very subtle. <clears throat> you can't do it as a propaganda or something. If the person, you think there's a possibility the person could be interested in, a, in some kind of mind training or awareness practice, then maybe you could introduce that at some point after you get to know them really well. But perhaps, and perhaps not, perhaps they're not ready for that. You would know. You would know just by talking to them a little bit. They're so lucky to have someone like you to talk to. It's not a compliment. Now, if I called you Garden of Flowers, that'd be a compliment. <laughs> I'm not doing that. <laughs> yes, sir. Is there any concept of resolution in Buddhism as far as these conflicting emotions? It, it isn't exactly resolution. It's just they, they vanish into emptiness. They, they just, the emotions come and, and then you, you just keep practicing. You just keep doing, you, you listen to your teacher. You listen to the Sangha, 
and you listen to everyone, you listen to the news, you listen to the birds, you listen to dogs bark, you listen to cars move, you listen, you listen, you receive, you receive, you receive. Generosity, you give your attention to everything, you give, you give, you give, you give your attention so that you can receive, receive, and do that from now, forever, do it forever. How do you begin to turn that attention outward? You're already doing it. More. What is, you? what is the conflicting part of conflicting emotions? Well, you know, we could tell a story, but you have an emotion about not wanting something, and then you have another emotion about we can't get rid of that. Or you have an emotion about I shouldn't I shouldn't be you know, they the person really irritates the hell out of me. And then you have a then you're you're mad at them, but then you have another feeling or an emotion or a thought that is uh, all dressed up with emotion. That's the interesting thing about thoughts. It puts on robes, brocade. And that disagrees with that, and they, they kind of tumble around. And there's a, there's a tension there. And then sometimes it goes towards guilt. Sometimes it goes towards blame. Sometimes it goes towards uh, being, feeling sh- sh- ashamed because we're, so, we're such a mess. We're, we, we don't want anybody to know. Like I was back when I met Rinpoche, I was just so ashamed to, to be able to even stand in front of him because I felt like he could see right through me. And of course... Or maybe not, of course, but he didn't see anything but himself. Everywhere he looked, he saw himself. And how do I know? I don't know. That's how I know. What does it mean to turn the attention on? To see how inward you are. To see how how you keep fooling around with your own thought feelings, and you keep adding on, and you keep elaborating. Not just you, but anyone. We keep we have a feeling about this, and we elaborate, and then we we try to figure that out, and that doesn't work. So we turn it this way, and we look. And then we try to use some other kind of tool or some other kind of approach. Or we change the story. Or we, or we talk to someone about it. And none of that is wrong. That's very important to realize. We're not talking about right and wrong. We're talking about, we're talking about ignorance and awareness. Or delusion and realization. And what is the realization? There isn't anything. Right? There's no two things anywhere. Not separate. Chun Chu. Is the first emotion before the second conflicting emotion comes up? Well, it's probably just a flash that happens there. The first emotion, the first, just like the first thought. Trunk Rinpoche used to say, first thought, best thought. He also had a book of poems called First Thought, Best Thought. And he wasn't saying that the first thought is always true. He was just saying that probably the very first thing that comes up is fairly genuine because it's not encumbered by a lot of other discursive uh, pilot fish all attached to it, wanting to have their supper. Is that first thought or first emotion any less veiling than the conflicting part? If you, if you don't do anything with it. But it's hard to do that because ego doesn't want to have that feeling. And if it has a feeling, it wants to know why it's having, having it. So there's the other feeling. A why question. Why, why am I feeling this way? Shoka. How do the forms help us to see the conflict? The forms, including the form of shikantaza or just sitting or shamatha vipassana or whichever form of sitting practice you're doing, they're all a little bit different, but all fairly simple. Sitting still and watching what moves. That, that's, that's the main form that we do here is this one. But then in order to, to allow, that, allow that kind of a structure uh, to uh, come out into our everyday life, into our moving around, into our speech and so on, we... We chant sutras. Uh, we 
Uh, we bow to the altar. We take care of the flowers. We uh, do tea offerings. You notice when we started here a few years ago, there was less to do. There's more and more to do. There's more places that the tea needs to be changed or added to or more candles that are lit. So it's just a matter of uh, having your actual life doing a, 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 a series of, of activities that are forms that that are useless from the point of view of, of any kind of, well, I need to light the furnace to keep the house warm. It's more like I need to light the candle to acknowledge my Buddha nature, or I need to light the candle and offer incense, offer flowers, bow, bend my body forward like so to acknowledge the fundamental nature of the universe, which is uh, not separate because we're so separate. So we, we have some stylized kind of rituals, uh, the sutras. And since we're, we need to do that form, we say the Heart Sutra, the Diamond Sutra, Lankavatara Sutra when we're studying. Uh, here we do um, the Heart Sutra and uh, Daishin Dharani, or, which are in a different language. We don't, as I've said before, we don't have to really understand what it what it means just a form a form to use the voice use the mind uh, synchronize coordinate you'll notice that when you're doing that your mind is always checking to see who's in tune who's not in tune uh, whether the drum beat is uh, at the right spot or whether someone rung the wrong bell at the, the doan really needs to be corrected <laughs> so so it's a, a way of of moving the the awareness practice into some kind of a movement practice. It's meditation and action, basically, a form of it. Meditation and action. More. Is there ever a point when doing the forms where we stop tamping down on what we see as a conflict? There could be, but you may not notice it right away. You might. It might take you months before you realize you're no longer objecting to that. You might just get a flash on it and wonder if you've been objecting, but if you've forgotten that you've been objecting or if you actually haven't been objecting, but looking for a credential. So you won't know and you won't care. When I say you won't care, not dismissively, like, well, I don't care about that. Like like some people say, uh, I often hear people say, well, I don't care what people think. I'm my own person. I've always thought like this. And when I hear someone say that, I, I, I say, oh, sorry to hear that. We've always thought like that. More? David? What is getting to know someone? Getting to know you? Getting to... <laughs> what is getting to know someone? What what point um, do you get to know someone? You were asking, or when you were talking with Senshu about um, getting to know someone and then possibly introducing awareness. Oh, in that situation? Uh, hmm. I, I really wouldn't, I wouldn't, don't, don't introduce anything unless it just becomes so obvious you can't, you have no choice but to do it. In, in, uh, in Senshu's situation, she's a little bit different situation because she's actually in there and being paid as a counselor to help you, help someone. So she's already gets a whole lot of uh, the go-ahead on a lot of stuff. But even so, I would still, and we've talked about that a little bit before, if someone, it's, uh, if someone's not ready to receive this as, as their own insight, uh, what they should do, and it comes across as some kind of a propaganda, not good. Buddhism, anytime if you hear meditation or Buddhism promoted, not so good. Not that it couldn't be announced, 
and be out there in the open, but to tell somebody they should meditate because they'll feel so much better. They'll be so much happier. They'll calm down. Maybe it'll help. Maybe you should take a shot of morphine. Maybe it'll help. You know, like advice. So I would say, in your situation, I would say, don't don't even bring up meditation. Let someone else do that. And then you can you can relate to them on that level. I'll put everything on receive. Give everything you give everybody and everything your attention and just receive. And so far as you can, don't add. Is, is receiving outward? I'm not sure if I'm following your question. What in what context? Mm-hmm. Like I'm I'm receiving right now, I'm listening to you, and you're in here as a uh, uh, listening to a Dharma talk. So you're in here to hopefully to receive what this what is being said. And so when you receive, you listen, you listen to someone else, you listen to what everything you lock, watch their hand motions, watch their tone of voice, everything, bring everything you've got to it. Not, not like a critical kind of thing, but just to see how the form manifests. Like notice if, <laughs> good job. Notice when someone actually yawns and covers their mouth. Notice that. And then immediately give them credit. <laughs> I didn't even have to look down at it before she knew what I was talking about. <laughs> so that's awareness. Awareness is so amazing that we, most of the people that you, we all know and talk to in our everyday life are so full of ideas and concepts and opinions and conflicting emotions. If you're if you're looking at conflicting emotions, then probably uh, it probably hurts more, but there's less delusion going on. It probably is aches more, it hurts more because you, you you can't find a solution for it because you're in the process of what healing maybe you use that word, and so it's probably going to hurt. And I would say don't interfere with that. Let that let it hurt. When I say let, don't even use that word. Chazan and I were talking about uh, what I call phrase fillers or the things that where some people will start talking and they'll talk and then every now and then now and again in their in their talk they'll say right like and they're not it's not like they're deliberately asking for acknowledgement it's just kind of a phrase filler that that kind of gives them a little bit of time to think a little bit more maybe or or to be you know it's like every time they do that it's like they're covering up their awareness so that they can kind of continue to you know travel along the path of me 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 and my thoughts right see what i'm saying right you know what i'm saying know what i'm saying uh-huh. <laughs> good one <laughs> yeah and uh, again i I've say i I've say this so many times it's not that it's not that 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 is wrong incorrect it's just it's just a way of working with the awareness so that you can see I have phrase fillers myself, several of them. And sometimes uh, we were talking about pronunciation. One thing that all of us do quite a bit, maybe not everyone, but instead of saying to, quite often we'll say, is it? Ta. Ta. Yeah, T-A. I'm going to go to the store. I'm going to go to ta, ta, the stove. Go to the stove. I'm going to go to the store. So it's not a matter of... um, of trying to change that so you speak really clearly, although Trunk Rinpoche had classes back in the 70s and 80s called his elocution, and where he would uh, had a training. So he, I don't think he did it, but and his elocution was uh, difficult. I mean, he was uh, uh, trained at Oxford and was a Tibetan, and so and his language was a little hard to understand at times, but he, 
he, he could see that in others that that might be a good uh, practice. And I, th I think there's something to that. We're not going to do that particularly, but elocution was, uh, I remember one of them was, uh, instead of Kathy's hair is black, it was Kathy's hair is black. <laughs> I think that's what it was. I'm probably destroying it. You'd have to ask him what that was all about. <clears throat> just a little way of, of shutting down. So it's just one more, talking about forms, it's just one more area we can bring our awareness so that we can see, it helps us see the way in which we turn away. And, and uh, if, if, you're, if you're looking at that, sometimes if you see it very clearly in your meditation, your awareness practice is really strong. Sometimes it's a little embarrassing because we, we actually realize that we're, we're actually getting a glimpse of our own ignorance, which is... Uh, if you're not a, a meditator, you're probably not going to see that at all. You might not even, the three poisons wouldn't even make any sense to you. Maybe passion, a little bit of aggression, but ignorance is hard to relate to. You mentioned that we could say that we're in the process of healing. I've never heard you say that. I'm wondering what you Well, uh, you could say it's like healing. There's like, uh, there's all kinds of, of wounds or all kinds of things that have, have occurred and we're, we keep stirring them up. As soon as we have a feeling, we, we instead of just letting it, letting it, letting it uh, be what it is, I don't even say let go, just feel it, just feel that. Then it can't, something you just completely, thoroughly feel what something is, it, it, it only has so much uh, duration when it continues to manifest over and over is when we fixate on it and blame or fixate on it and uh, blame ourselves, blame others, uh, feel guilty, uh, or keep telling the story, you know what they did to me, you know? This is the objection I have to 12-step programs. When I say objection, I think they're great. I think people that are having difficulty, a 12-step is a structure that's laid out where somebody can actually work with that. But it's, uh, um, oh, uh, it tends to be an awful lot of over and over and over so it doesn't work with the ego so much what it does do i think and helps people is helps them stay away because of the social structure there that, that st structure where you actually get to sit down and talk for as long as you want without anyone stopping you or interrupting you that's pretty powerful the downside of course is you we keep going through our story and establishing ourselves and identifying and relating to our ego and then we'll you know ref refurbishing our reconditioning our ego over and over with the help of other people who are trying to do that with their ego. That's the downside. The upside is by doing that, you can probably stay out of the bar. You can probably stay away from, will help you because of the, uh, a lot of the slogans in there are quite helpful. But the awareness practice is, would be a good thing to add into that or not. I was wondering if you could you talk quite a bit about the first veil, but not so much the second, which mm -hmm. so is primitive. Thinking there's a self, uh, assuming there's somebody. If you're having an emotion or a feeling about something, then what follows up on that is is, is that, that you're the one who's, that there's somebody who's actually is the recipient of that. When actually it's, it's, uh, it's uh, as been said in the Tibetan tradition, it's self-liberated. As soon as you see anything, it's liberated into reality as not being separate. So that's in the Zen tradition, the, the Zen monks of ancient times would say, make funny jokes like that, and would kind of be a teaching style where they would say, uh, you know, I run and you get tired. 
kind of thing to say, you know, I'm doing this, but you feel it. Uh, I, I play music, uh, you, uh, I don't know, run away in fear. <laughs> Uh, but, but, you know, try to work with that whole uh, whole of uh, the functionality of, of the confusion or the delusion is to make sure everything stays in its place. You stay there. I'll stay here. Uh, you deal with your life. I'll deal with my life. You know, you, or, you know, like, you know, something happens to you uh, that's really good. Well, you deserve it. Or something happens to you that's really bad. You don't deserve that. It's just a, a, a like a continuum of delusion that is emphasized by our society, our structure, our culture, and people are kept away from an awareness practice uh, <clears throat> that is, uh, or a spiritual path that is non-theistic because uh, it's uh, counter to our cultural situation. But even in ancient time, in Japan or Korea, China, Tibet, there's still all the cultural uh, input that comes in that gets in the way of the teaching and then then you get a lot of fundamentalists who think there's only one way you can you, the only soto zen is right or only rinzai zen is right or or only the vajrayana you can't attain enlightenment unless you practice the vajrayana it's just just tiring uh, that would be like me saying that you can't attain enlightenment unless you do what i say which of course is true <laughs> so the uh, uh primitive beliefs it's primitive in that it's it's not it, it's not uh, it's not sophisticated or hasn't spent any time really looking at beliefs to actually examine and how do we do that awareness practice and then we use the, the structures of uh, ancient teachers down through the through the ages who have somehow these have been preserved preserved the lanka lankavatara sutra the heart sutra the diamond sutra diamond sutra is just uh, it's amazing we've been i've been reading that lately uh, with the idea of we're going to have an eye-opening ceremony for this wonderful wood carving of the rupa of the Buddha from China. And when we do that, we're going to put a sutra in the lap of the Buddha and chant that sutra as we paint in the eyes. And uh, but the la I think the last line in there is, and I can't quote it, but it's like a, uh, like a dewdrop, like a flash of lightning, like uh, like a... Uh, I know rainbow clouds, all the other things that are that are obviously come and then they go. So uh, uh, such is conditioned existence, and everything that appears is going away. And to see that, to see clearly that nothing lasts, that everything is coming and going, uh, that there isn't anything, there isn't anything that is fundamentally existent. Uh, to see that is nice. It's really nice. I'm not claiming anything. I don't see that. I just talk about it. Further questions on this topic? We have a few minutes. David? Are there, uh, when we do gestures, uh, are there some that are fillers? Yeah, like, like this one? Phrase fillers, <laughs> like, I don't know, like these kind of things. You know, yeah, there's, oh, that's that. exactly. That is a, that's a, that's a filler um, action. Yeah, to, uh, this is something, uh, when when Chazan, uh, who was a uh, an acoustic pioneer, <laughs> is that what those are? Oh, drummer, drummer. That's the conventional name. Uh, when he first came here, he was like tapping on everything. <laughs> and 
And I think I didn't have to do much, <laughs> but I think I said, you should observe, I think, something like that. You gave me a form that... What did I tell you? If I was going to do that, I had to select a, a time. Uh -huh. See, I'm going to do, I'm going to tap for this five minutes and stop. Yeah, I do recall saying that now. But it wasn't anything about you shouldn't do that. It was just, let's bring some awareness into that. And, and uh, you know, and this is, uh, as David's uh, asking about, that's very much uh, like uh, a different form of, say, phrase filler. The mind is doing that constantly. It's filling the awareness up. There's plenty going on. Uh, like I say, put everything on receive. Uh, you'll, if you really put everything on receive, um, the whole idea of boredom is out of the question. You don't really need to be entertained by anything. You don't need to be filled up and be entertained away from your 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 humanity, from your beingness of being a living being, heart pumping, breathing, eyes, ears, nose, tongue, body, mind. You're here. You're present. Don't you? Does it take a lot of energy to just receive? I think uh, uh, in the beginning, yes, it's a practice here because you're not receiving. So you have to keep looking at the way you're shutting down and shutting down, and it's painful. And a, a lot of times, quite often, maybe right away, you will see your, your shutting down part. The initial thing that the ego will do is try to stop shutting down, which is uh, uh, a misunderstanding. It's only about awareness. It's not about interfering with what's happening in the in the sixth sense fields. It's only about receiving. So receive, receive, receive. And then you watch the way you keep selectively receiving. You're only going to get so much. How can you generate the energy required to do that? Yeah, just sitting practice of meditation. Sit down and, and relate to energy. Sit down and notice how what incredible energy you have. Or take cold showers. <laughs> <laughs> I know a few people who could talk, tell you about how to do that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't do that. It's too cold. <laughs> if it were warmer, then cold showers would be okay. But they're not. They're cold. <laughs> so, but uh, to joking aside, just tra train. Just continue to look at the way you are. I'll just say it. Uh, the way in which you're deluded. It's your Buddha nature is 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 uh, shining right behind your heart. All the time, it's been there since you were born, before you were born. It's always been there. It's radiating all the time, and it's covered up by hope and fear and more fear and more hope. I wish this, maybe this will happen, maybe this won't happen. Maybe I'll get this, maybe I'll come into that, maybe, maybe, plus, minus, plus, minus. And then the world is all doing the same thing, so there's echoes of everything. And then people will t around you will tell you, well-meaning people would say, you should do this, you should do that, you shouldn't do this, you should do, <laughs> it's exhausting. That's why people like to go to a counselor that doesn't give them a bunch of dumb advice, but actually listens to them. Maybe a little sympathy. You know, I can see where that's really difficult more. Is there a shift where that doesn't take as much energy to just receive? So I can't... My karma is particularly crappy. So when I say early on, it was difficult. And not any worse than anybody else here. We all have our difficulty. But I didn't, I, so I can't really speak for how it will be for you. But I can say, don't give up. Because I know it. I can see I can see it everywhere. I say, just don't give up, Keith. If, if there's some other magic formula, formula that I could say, you need to do this, or you need to, uh, you know, fill a 55-gallon drum full of BBs. 
one at a time. <laughs> if I thought that would help, you'd be doing it. <laughs> I got a bunch of drums lined up. But first I got to have the oil pumped out of them, right? Tomorrow, yeah. As I get those, I mean, then, then it's, you need to start buying BBs. <laughs> bing, bong, bing, bing, bong, 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 bing. Getting closer. <laughs> yes. Is there a way to take some of the energy that we use to keep building up this self and defending the self and put that towards just receiving? I think there is, and I think that you're you're here and you're doing you're working with that kind of energy all the time. You may not the whole idea of progress is something that ego always looks for, and that's a uh, uh, progress is the hype. It's a materialistic hype. There is no progress. And even though GE, General Electric, say progress is our most important product, you guys weren't alive in the 50s, so you didn't hear that. So it's just a matter of continuing the forms, continuing, they're all set up. If you do the forms that are right here, pretty good. I mean, it's a pretty good situation to be able to continue to bring your awareness back to just bear attention on everything that's arising, especially with these lovely people to have here to help you with your neuroses. <laughs> And the thing that I'm, I'm going to tell you something that's kind of secret, but there's a hole in the bottom of the barrel. But it's only on one side. So it gets full. If you fill up on this side, it'll fill way up before the, the landslide starts going down the hole. And look what... Um, what um, um, Milarepa's teacher, Marpa the translator, Tibet, look what he did to poor Milarepa. Uh, seven or seven, eight, nine houses. He says, build me a, 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 a Rinpoche, Rinpoche, or whatever he was calling him, master, master, what what can I do? What can I what can I do? I really want to, I want to be your student. I want to be awake. And he, of course, Marpa had several other students around. One of them was Richungpa, also a famous uh, uh, lineage holder. <laughs> And, uh, you know, you have to have been there, which I wasn't. <laughs> but, you know, I can just see Marpa uh, looking at this guy who was a murderer. As you know, Melarepa, maybe you know, maybe you don't. But he used black magic or whatever to wipe out a bunch of people that have done bad things to his uh, family. And so he, but he's realizing he's going to have to do something about this. So he's there and uh, Marpa has him build houses. Uh, one at a time, he gets the house all built out of stone. And then uh, Marpa looks at it and says, I didn't ask you to put it there. I want it over there. And no explanation. He'd say, Malarapa, wanting to please his guru, started moving all the stones and rebuilt it over there. I think he did it. It was seven times. Does anyone know? It was seven. It was more than half a dozen. Uh, and so, uh, and look at that. It's kind of the same thing with the BBs and the oil drum. It's already what it's like to live here. <laughs> Good. I'm so good. So I'm so happy to hear that kind of feedback. Yeah. Thank you. Whew. Watch the teacher puff up. <laughs> Great. I wasn't a, I wasn't a Marine for nothing. Here. Sheldon from Union City asks. He's trying to be funny. Sheldon is. He's like a closet comedian. What about groundhogs? What about them? Groundhog Day is coming up. February 2nd. Yeah, they could attain enlightenment if they see their shadow. Which deal is that? 
I don't know. I'm not showing up. <laughs> Sheldon, straighten up. <laughs> Makes me want to go watch Groundhog Day again. <laughs> I've only seen it 20 times. Further questions? Have a few minutes, a couple minutes. So when we walk into the Hojo and you're just sitting, and what what arises for you? I don't know. Depends on who it is or what's going on with them. They arrive. They come in and then I see them, talk to them. I'm not sure what you're saying. Well, it's or uh, asking. It's the idea that um, that like with this uh, second veil. Yes. Or or even the first, for that matter. Um, if are you saying that it's not important to determine who has the feeling or what has the feeling or where the feeling's coming from? What's important is to see the feeling with nothing extra. So whatever arises, don't name it, don't elaborate on it, do nothing with it. That's difficult to do. Don't own it either. Yeah, don't do anything with it. Yeah, don't own it. That's about progress. You don't need progress. Don't need, you don't need it. You might need it if you're studying somewhere else, but you're, you don't need it if you're studying here. I would like you to realize what this, who you are and what this is. I don't care if you make any progress at all. Isn't that progress? That a trick question. <laughs> Only if you think about it. If you think about it, then you've, you've added on to it. Don't do that. All right. Question? Only if you have the answers for it. What? What? Um, I guess I have one. So this, this feeling of suffering or whatever. Yes. Just seems to always be there, but yeah. life can cover up, I guess, the bales. Yeah. What's a more productive way of dealing with that? Because it seems like yeah. no matter what's done, it's just covering it up. Okay, well, seeing that you're covering it up is, is uh, progress. Yeah. Seeing that you're covering up is, because you get progress for a while, but then eventually that, that doesn't work after a while. So the provisional teachings are, are somewhat, there's some progress happening there. So I would say, look at it, sit a lot. So it's very hard to sit, uh, and I'm always uh, feel like I shouldn't be telling people this, but you're really going to need to sit a whole lot. That's why this is structured this way. So people who live here, uh, everybody here sits at least a couple of hours a day, if not three or four. Some some people occasionally sit six and a half hours, which is the, the whole schedule. I would say, how far away from here do you live? Half hour. Yeah, you can. And have I have conflicting people in my life that make it difficult. Who's conflicting? <laughs> Name them. <laughs> I mean, I do. I sit at home every day. Oh, good. But how long? Usually an hour ish. More ish. <laughs> ish. Really, I mean, uh, when I say that, I'm saying add on 20, 15, 20 minutes, 30 minutes. If you can, just stretch it out a little bit more. Uh, come here. Uh, come here for the all day. Sit here all day. It's scheduled. I mean, even the all day is only seven hours, I think. Six hours. So it's even shorter than our regular. That's an all-day retreat because there's other activities. But if you were to come here at 7 o'clock in the morning, which maybe you can do, maybe you can. I mean, I'm not concerned with, you know, if I don't want to go into your personal situation. But if you can find a couple of days a month where you just come here and you start out at 7 in the morning, you sit, you practice with a work study, and then you study at noon with a group, which is, I think is very important. Sangha, Sangha, Sangha. Study the Dharma with Sangha, not just reading a book by yourself. Uh, how do I know? I did a lot of that. Study it with someone, so you're talking to someone about what you're reading about. It's really helpful because uh, the way you're studying and the way somebody else is studying or understanding are, are different. That people approach and, and 
and uh, receive the information differently, and they do different things with the concepts. And it's it's very helpful to expose yourself to that. And then in the afternoon at two thirty, go right back to sitting in another two and a half hours. And then if you check and find out who's cooking first, <laughs> and then at five o'clock, six o'clock, uh, eat something and go back and sit for till, from seven till nine. So highly recommended, and it won't it won't. Uh, um, uh, turn that whole thing around that you're ta- you're referring to immediately, but it's it's a start. It's you know actually have to start on it. We've been here for this uh, consciousness appearing and and in, in in a human form, and then passing away, and then appearing and passing away, and hap- going on for a long, long time. Here we are again. This is uh, if you're in this room, you're ready to do this. That's why there's only eight people, nine people. I think we have a capacity sign somewhere. No more than (laughs) nine people. (laughs) Are we good? Anything else? Okay, thank you so much. Again, remind you about the donation boxes in the hallway. You may also donate online through PayPal, or we do take debit and credit cards using our magic square. May the merit of this penetrate into all places so that we and every sentient being together.